Hello everyone and welcome to the HMG Rampage Uncaged Show right here on channelattitude.com. I am your host Jimmy T and my co-host, he is Canada's favourite man. You better not bag Trudeau or you might not even end up going man. I mean what the hell? Chris Sams, what's going on dude and what's up with fucking Trudeau and his uh, you know, authoritarian sort of rule? <laughs> uh no comment uh jimmy t no comment whatsoever um true that's a good point actually i shouldn't have even said that <laughs> yeah true it's <laughs> great it's everything's all... great well tell them who you are chris well i'm christopher Rams. that's ambs like lambs with noel the bullshit first thing in the morning don't worry everybody if you ever forget how to spell my last name i'll just remind you at the beginning of every fucking show i ever do like I'm doing right now. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> You're a character, man. That's why we are unhinged, unfazed at this point for Uncaged. And dude, uh, Rampage, I mean, we were off last week. I don't know if you caught last week's Rampage at all, Chris, but um, did you see the Ortiz and Santana match? Um, no, I didn't see it, and I'm honestly kind of annoyed that it happened when it did, because, like, that's a match I really would have liked to have seen, but I can't, I can't, I, sometimes I just can't be fucked, right? Like, sometimes I just have <laughs> too much going on on my plate, I can't, I, you, I can't bro. watch all the time, right? Every once in a while, like, I'm a single dad, I work full-time, I'm trying to get on this other thing that I, that I have going on, I've got a relationship, I've got, you know what I mean? Like, I have a hundred <laughs> things going on in my life. So I can't always watch every single piece of wrestling. And sometimes it's it's Rampage that winds up taking the blunt of, brunt of that, right? Where I'm like, you know, <laughs> I kind of feel like we have to do the skirmish. I kind of feel like we have to do um, the other one that we do here for, for HMG. Uh, uh, you forgot what it's called already? It's <laughs> you forgot your show. own show? The wreckage, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're right, Chris. It's been a really long day. <laughs> Fuck, it's been a long day. Um, yeah, I'm a record, oh. right? So I feel like those are ones that I have to do. So if I'm going to miss a show, it's probably going to be Rampage. So I missed last week, and I'm like, for fuck's sakes, man. Like, LAX are a really good couple of wrestlers. Like, these guys are both super talented. No, no opportunity to see the fucking blow off. They just have a blow off in the middle of some random fucking Friday show that's an hour long that, like, 200,000 people watch. I mean, what are they doing with this company? I I have no fucking idea. And and you say 200,000. I mean, hey, it's comparable to the Collision. I mean, sometimes Rampage ends up beating out Collision, which is odd. And, and I don't understand how Collision, for example, just can't, like, break that. 400,000, 500,000 barrier, dude, which is uh, amazing. I mean, what's the highest rated show? Did it reach 800 at one point? Or did it even get that high? I don't think... Well, I think they might have gotten just to 800,000. Like, it would it would have been like 816 or something like that would have been their biggest, if I'm remembering correctly, which I think I am. It was just over 800,000 was their biggest showing. You know, and that was like a big deal because CM Punk was there and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's been downhill since then. 
and and it's and it's it's a, such a shame because i mean honestly i still prefer watching collision over dynamite lately you know what i mean in the oh. last at least the last since collision has started i mean honestly it's still the better show even when it sucks man i've said since we started that like if they continued to actually be consistent like the show would be the best show and it, it it hasn't been as good as when they started like because they had cm punk and they probably had a little more you know uh people sort of doing what needed to be done but i still think that saturday is the best show aew does i, I like it's not as good as it was for the first like you know month and a half maybe two months right but right, right. it's still better than everything else that aew is putting out no i, I agree 100 percent and I'm just worried that, you know, like Rampage, for example, they end up giving up on it kind of thing. I mean, sometimes they try, sometimes they don't. I have no idea with this company most of the times anymore. It's it's hard to predict where this company goes half the time. But I just don't want them to end up neglecting Collision because, you know, of the numbers. But then again, TK seems to be in oblivion about the numbers and he's in denial about it, pretty much. I mean, with all his shows. I mean, am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, he doesn't seem to really care, does he? It doesn't seem to bother him at all that people aren't watching or that people... Like, what people are telling him that they're not interested in about what he's doing, he doesn't right. seem to care. It's like, it, it, it in his head, it's like, yeah, but I like it. it which, okay, I mean, fine. And if it's just for you, that's fine, Tony. But the the, the thing is, is that you're trying to get an audience to watch this right no for sure man it's the guy is weird man but i just want to give a shout out to the chat um and i just want to call out retro rocket Reeve for joining us zane vicious chris willand uh javi is in the house too elizabeth darkside caster and that's who's here so far thank you for joining us on the late edition of rampage uncaged Right here on channelattitude.com. Um, but yeah, man. And you know what's funny? You brought up how you didn't watch Rampage and it's hard to keep up with shit because you have a life. Well, yeah. that makes two of us. I didn't end up watching Rampage last week either. Okay. And <laughs> yeah, there we go. I just said that's why I asked you. But um, which is uh, a shame because, like you said, I wanted to watch Santana and Ortiz. Heck, I couldn't even tell you who won, but I'm assuming Santana did. Right, I guess, going well, by he, what I've seen. He must have because of what they said tonight. Right. But yeah. But it's not going to, just like their feud wasn't going anywhere, it's not going to go anywhere still. I mean, if you've got Jarrett, for example, and we'll get to that in a moment, talking about uh, Ortiz, I mean, fuck that. And also... I don't know that that segment tonight was so fucking clunky. Like it was so badly done. <laughs> like the people were saying that they were going to kick his ass and then they left. And then within four seconds, he was right behind them talking about how, no, I'm going to kick their ass next week. <laughs> it's like, why didn't the group of them just turn around when he said that and beat the fuck out of them right there? They're heels, <laughs> right? They're... Uh, you, I couldn't even tell you, dude. But um, is there any news we need to touch up on at all? Anything interesting? Nothing's really ah. been happening, right? I mean, it's been kind of quiet when it comes to the wrestling world. 
No, I mean they had their huge announcement, Jimmy. Their their gigantic, oh. monumental oh. announcement that we needed to hear and everything. Oh, shucks. <laughs> yeah, you've totally forgot the major announcement, which is, of course, that I um, hardly haven't. But you know, <laughs> go that, tell them, uh, please. That you can get tickets for the for next year's uh, All In event. Sorry, not that you can get tickets now, but that you'll be able to get tickets in December. So it's an announcement to announce a future impending ability to 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 buy tickets to a show that's going to happen in August. Like Lee says in the chat, nine months from tonight, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is off his face, dude. I mean, let's be honest. This guy is just totally... Like I was just saying... He's in his own fucking imaginary world, man, where it's all flowers and uh, and roses and all sorts of shit going on there, man. I mean, and Coke, should I say. But, I mean, this guy is legitly sick in the head. Uh, there's, there's no other way of putting it. Why would you come out and say, I've got a major announcement on Dynamite, only f for it to be that? I mean, and clearly... I mean, wait, when do the tickets go on sale again? They go on sale December 1st. So a month um, from now, so you'll be able to buy tickets for a show that's happening <laughs> in a year. Well, there's there's your answer, right? Clearly, he's fucking stressing that they're not going to sell out the second one, right? Not that they did the first time. <laughs> Zane um, in in the chat says, it's, it's the Tony Khan universe. It sure is. <laughs> And uh, Josh is in the house. Tony Khan loves announcements. He sure does. And it's getting old at this point. And it's just a big letdown now every time. I'm telling you, Chris, I, I think next year, I know the UK love their professional wrestling. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think they're going to struggle to get fucking anywhere close to 70,000 like they had this year. Yeah, I think they'll probably claim 70,000 and then we'll get actual like information back from the UK government that it was 49,000 and then <laughs> and then the year after that. See, it'll be just like when they were running the big shows in Texas, right? When the Von Erichs right. were 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 big, right? The first one was huge and they like legitimately almost sold out the arena and then the next year they went back and they had like half the people and then the next year they went back after that and they had like 20,000 people and it was just like <laughs> oh no, business is not doing well. Oh boy. <laughs> Zane says I can't wait for him to announce he's going out of business. <laughs> Imagine that. And look, he's in the house. It's the comic king, Todd Brantley, saying, here's a big announcement. He should say, my dick. <laughs> It'd be funny if he did that. Hey! But instead, he says, TK makes too many damn announcements. Just stop it already. But, uh, yeah, it's getting uh, old at this point. Because when he says he's got an announcement next, everyone's just going to roll their eyes. But, uh, yeah, that's TK for you. Oh, and also, before we get into Rampage... I'm sure you've heard this, Chris, but uh, the nature boy, Ric Flair, the young whippersnapper, has signed a multi-year contract with AEW. Yeah. <laughs> um. What the fuck, man? I mean, look, he's a legend. Cool. For marketing and for merch and shit like that, that's great. But come on. 
You know, I'm I'm most familiar with the world of hockey, so I'm going to put this in hockey terms, but you can put this in basically Please. all sports terms, right? At a certain point, you have a favorite guy who's like getting older, right? Like a, you know, a sports star, so hockey player. I'm just going to say hockey player, right? And he's 39 years old, right? And he's 39 years old. So you know he's he's he doesn't have much time left in the league cuz you got to be able to go real fast and everything, right? So then a team re-signs him but at that point in his career, he's only getting a one-year deal, right? Now, he might he might make a ton of money for that one year, and he might be super effective, right? But no team is signing that guy to a multi-year contract because it's like, right. you know, this it's, guy's It's a year-by-year is... thing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a year-by-year year thing. I don't know if this guy's going to make it two years even at this point, right? right? I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but, like, let's say that hockey is life in this instance and, like, I don't know that Ric Flair is going to last multiple years. So if I'm Tony Khan, I'm signing Rick to a one-year contract and just saying, Rick, listen, we'll give you some money. You know, we'll make sure you're 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 paid and you're taking care of everything. But like, wow. well, instead the of chances a one-year deal, that you die are pretty high. <laughs> I mean, the guy has said it publicly, like. In in a weird way, he's wishes to die in a damn ring. Yeah, I mean, he said it, so yeah. This guy, man, and and the thing is, imagine and knock on wood, man, for real, and I truly mean that, right? But imagine he did pass away in the damn ring, right? I mean, wouldn't that look so bad on AEW? I mean, ugh, he's a risk waiting to happen, man. It would look pretty horrible, yeah. Does that mean we're going to get Sting versus Flair as the last match now, do you think? Wait, who versus Flair? Sting in his last match. At, no, 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 uh, no. You, you can't say Sting. Oh, sorry. Steve. Steve. It's Steve. Right. Steve <laughs> Borden versus Rick Flair. Uh, Rick Fleer. Um, Richard, <laughs> yeah. Richard Fleer versus Steve Borden. Minnesota, by the way. <laughs> Both good yeah, Minnesota he's really boys. Minnesota, man. It's, that's, that's a shoot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a shoot. Anyway, um, yeah, Steve versus uh, Richard Fleur. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's going to happen? I, I, fuck, I hope not. I don't want to see Ric Flair in a ring again. Fuck. Neither do I, but you never know. But uh, Josh says in the chat, I can see Flair as a manager... But I hope he doesn't wrestle in a match. I think we all hope he doesn't wrestle in a match. But I'm telling you, man, I, I wouldn't put it past this company to, to let him have a match. I mean, they don't give a shit about who's hurt. And and I guess uh, Danielson is really hurt, right? Remember we thought he wasn't really hurt last week on Dynamite? Um, yep. He actually gets it. I mean, should he retire, bro? He's just... I mean, he can still go in the ring. It's not his fitness per se or anything like that. But he just seems so, like, uh, you know, prone to injury all the time, man. And very easily, too, man. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you agree. think he should, he should retire? Sorry, who are we talking about? <laughs> Daniel Bryan. Oh, bro, Bryan Danielson, sorry. Bro, I don't know. I mean, you you know I love Brian Danielson, right? Like he's one of my favorites. He's one of these Absolutely. guys who like I really love watching. 
but like at a certain point you have to just get 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 it in your head like you can't physically do this anymore right like right, you're sure. just not going to be able to hold up to the rigors of it so i don't know man i guess we'll see but he shouldn't have come back as early as he did in the first place right he only came back <laughs> cuz he needed to they needed him to you know you know try to stem the bleeding or whatever for punk being away but it's like I, I don't know, man. Every time he comes back now, he's just injuring himself, right? It feels like it, man. And they're pretty, like, serious injuries, in my opinion. I mean, breaking his orbital bone? I mean, come on. That's I mean, how, I didn't even know how that even happened, man. It, it's weird. But Chris says, Flair versus Sting in a coffin match. Oh, jeez. <laughs> God damn it. Come on, bro. <laughs> um, Liz says in the chat, at this point, his wife should tell him if he stops... If he steps foot in a ring again, he can't come home. <laughs> I think they split up, actually, Liz, funny enough. But they're still having a fling. I don't know what's going on. But they're Wait, supposed Brian to and Marie, really? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I thought she was talking about Flair. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's talking about Danielson. You're right. But I think she um, she's an instigator with his career, man. I don't think she really gives a shit as long as he's happy. You know what I mean? Well, I think that she actually understands something that I've said in the past, and that's that um, a lot of times what happens with a guy when the relationship doesn't work, uh, women have this tendency to think that it's about them, right? When a relationship stops working, it's (laughs) I wasn't wasn't pretty enough or I wasn't whatever. I'm too fat. Right, right, right. And I've said this before, um, and I've caught some flack for this, but I'm going to say it again. (laughs) Often enough, it isn't that you're not pretty enough. It's that you aren't a glorious death in battle enough. Now, (laughs) what I mean by that is very simple, okay? For most of human history, men had to do one thing in their lives. They had to fight um males are simply built for it right right Um, right, you can say that there's no difference between men and women and if you say that in any context around anyone who's ever been involved in any kind of combat sports ever they will tell you that you are a fucking moron okay now i boxed for a number of years i was constantly in and out of boxing gyms you know i had 40 some amateur fights um, I did MMA a little bit too. I can tell you without question that there is not a, uh, like, and I mean this and I'm not being cocky when I say this, I have only ever been an amateur at boxing. I don't believe there's a woman alive who could beat me in a boxing ring. Okay. I, I mean that. Careful, careful. No, I mean that. Um, <laughs> no, part I, of that, I'm not going to understand that is, why you'd feel that way. Part of that is there aren't a lot of women out there who are 230 pounds of muscle, right? Like. There just aren't. There's not a lot of women in my it's, weight it's class. It's literally period. under 1% if there is any. Right. Okay. So. I mean, there is. There is. I mean, not the, if there is any, but yeah, there is. Sorry. Continue. Right. So, <laughs> so, so let's try to take that up a notch, right? I'm just some amateur who used to box and was pretty decent at it. I almost made the Olympic Games at one point for Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's take it up a notch and let's say Tyson Fury, right? There isn't a woman alive who could compete with him ever, ever. I mean, it's just would come on, bro. Not happen. 
<laughs> it would not happen. Yeah. He's, he's no, it just wouldn't. Eight. He's right, almost no. 300 pounds naturally. He, he's, he's far, far, far too large for any woman on the planet to be able to actually fight with that person. So No, he's just huge, right? So anyway, men are built for battle, right? It's something, and, it, and it's honestly something that's wired into most human beings, I think, and most males, is to fight and go for things and to, to try for things and to go aggressively after a thing, right? Now... A long time ago, that was a glorious death in battle. That was the best thing you could hope for if you were a Viking, right? Was to was to die a glorious death and then be allowed into Valhalla. Right. We don't have to do that anymore, right? We, we're in we're in this we're in this time in the world where, and, and I mean, thank God, we're in this time in the world where you know we don't have to go out that way. We can actually go after other things. We can, I can try to focus on writing my book, right? You can try to focus on DJing, you know, wh whatever it is, right? Whatever it is that you feel really, truly passionate about, you can go after it. Right. For sure. If the woman that you're with supports that, you will be absolutely head over heels in love with that woman. Oh, fucking a hundred percent. Things don't end with that with that happening, right? If 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 she supports your glorious death in battle, quote unquote, um, you're gonna love her more than you've ever loved anyone else in your life. Um, so I think that Brie understands that about Brian Danielson, and I think that's why she's as supportive of him as she is, because it it is a principle that I think that women Women should know, not necessarily because I think that like women need to, you know, make the effort. I don't mean that. What I mean is if women want to have really successful relationships, that's like a trick that women should try to understand is that you need to find what it is that he's truly passionate about. That right. thing that's his glorious death in battle and then be supportive of it with him. And if you can do 100%. that, if you can do that, he's going to love you like he's never loved anyone else. It's a fact, man. And that's why it's important, like, you know, as, you know, just being uh, not only males, but just being human. It's important to have, you know, someone that supports you doing what you love doing and just to be yourself. I hate people that are in relationships, man, and they complain to me by saying, like, oh, man, I can't go out because of my fucking girl won't let me do this or do that. I can't play video games because my girl gets upset and, you know, just shit like that. Like, you can't be you. Be, you know, people fucking change when their fucking spouses are around, dude. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and that irks me, man. You'll never see me different when I'm in front of mine. Like, I, I'm pretty much in front of it right now. Like, you know what I'm saying, dude? Like, there's nothing different about me when I'm with my girl or not. You know what I mean? It's still me. And there's just, like you said, you hit the nail on the head, bro. If if the if the girl can support you and fucking you know be behind you for doing what you love doing, man, you're gonna fall head over heels with that girl, man, no matter what. Yeah, for real. Anyway, just a little, just a little bit of pop psychology there for you. There we go. Ah, but uh, Liz, who um, well, she's female. She says, as a chick, the problems of the world tend to be laid at our feet. So obviously when things fall apart, it's either something we did or didn't do or are. Uh, she also goes on to say, on the flip side, as someone who truly loves their partner, 
they also have to be able to tell them when they've gone too far. 100%. 100%. That's, that's true, Liz. No doubt about I w- it. I would, I, I would caution. Even they put a hand up. <laughs> I, would, I would caution. Ask them if they think they've gone too far. Right. Right. It's okay to it's okay it's a hundred percent okay to bring it up. And listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not exactly out here trying to tell people how to have a healthy relationship. Because right? no, I'm I feel good, man. You should be down. You know, but um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Like you have to be able to bring up the fact that they might be taking it too far, right? You know 100%. what I mean. Yep. Um, but you need to leave it up to them. And I think that that, again, is like a situation that you, you can see with Bree and Daniel. I think that she has, like, asked him about the injuries. I think that she probably has talked to him about the injuries and everything. But I think that her and he have had the discussion. And he's said, I want to be retired by the time Birdie is X, right? Yeah, X number true, of years true. old. And I right. think that they've decided together that that's what works for them and that she's going to support him while he goes after what it is that he wants to go after until then injuries be damned. She's going to be supportive. And um, yeah, I think that's good. I think that that's good for people when they I, like, I, I agree with what Liz is saying. You need to be able to have conversations with each other and say, listen, I think that you're putting too much money or too much effort, or too much of your time or too much energy or whatever into this thing that it is that you're following. But I think that you also need to you you also need to understand that if that really is their glorious death in battle, they kind of have to go for it. And you can't really stand in their way. No, that's true. And Danielson did say, I think, uh, in one year he's done. Isn't that what he said? That's what he said. So we'll, well see. at this point he's Three not even be... Yeah. At this point, he's not going to have hardly any matches by the time he says he's going to retire, but we'll, we'll see. Todd says, welcome to the Wrestling Love Line <laughs> with your host, Dr. Jimmy T and Chris Carolla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Todd, we love you, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen, you, Todd, I can, be, I can be Carolla if that's what you really want me to be. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, that's too good, man. That's why it's true that I've spent a little bit of time swinging a hammer in my life, but I'm not exactly Adam Carolla on that either. You You actually sound like him. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Oh shit. Anyway, man. But you know what? I guess enough of the relationships uh, about relationships and shit. All the talk with that. Let's get into rampage because um, we start off. With, uh, what do they call this? Some sort of, uh, I forgot what, some Spanish fucking thing they called it. But anyway, <laughs> it, it was uh, Pinta El Zero Miedo uh, and El Hijo del Vaquino and Commander in a three-way match. De Lucha Clasico, I have no idea, something like that. Uh, Pinta El Zero Miedo defeats both of them. And um, he looked dominant, man. I'm not going to lie. I, I felt like throughout this match... He pretty much dominated both of these guys. And um, the commentators were even just talking him up. Especially Big Show, man. I mean, Paul White, whatever you want to call him. He was sitting there saying he's a gym junkie and this and that. Relax, Show. He's, he's He looks good, but he's not that fucking, like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. But he is big uh, for a luchador, I guess, right? 
Look, man, if that's what we were seeing here, if that's what this was, if this was a cruiserweight division, I would like this. I'd be fine with this. This would be just fine, right? The whole thing would have been fine, and I would have had a lot of fun with it. The fact that I know that they're not, and that at some point one of these guys is probably going to pin Lance Archer on a random Saturday night, I, I get annoyed, right? I, I watch, So I'm watching this match, and it is exactly what you would expect seeing these three names on the card and a triple threat match. It's just fucking flippity-doo-da, flippity-a, <laughs> just fucking flips and no-selling and bullshit and zero miedo and bullshit <sighs> and big big slaps that take four hours to set up and I'm going to slowly take off my hand, my, my, my glove and I'm going to roll oh your arms into the fucking ropes and I'm going to back up and I'm going to tell the crowd to shush and then I'm going to go to hit you, but then I'm going to tell the crowd to shush some more. And then I'm going to back up and then I'm going to go to hit you. And then I'm going to go zero miedo. And then I'm going to go back up again. And then I'm going to finally hit you with a slap to the chest. <laughs> I- uh... It's fucking ridiculous. But Todd, he's still going hot. He says it was a Lucha Inquisition match <laughs> where the loser gets asked 20 questions as to why they wear their masks. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm sick of the whole shtick, dude, where he just fucking slowly takes off the glove, does his little fucking... Almost it reminds you of that rope fucking... Uh, you know when you do the rope motion? Uh-huh. It kind of reminds me of that, man. It's just so corny. But um, whatever. He does it week in, week out. That's his shtick. But it's just so boring. It's the same shit every time we see him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it really is. I mean, if you've seen one of his matches, you've seen them all at this point. And what was this? It was just an excuse to do flippy shit and look at my cool move. Well, fine. If you're into that, you'll love this match. And if you want to see things like psychology or stories or safe work, you won't like it. And I like those things. And so I didn't like it. Safe work, please. But, but then again, the AEW Mark Tards in the fucking uh, stands were chanting fight forever. I'm like, really? Don't fight forever, please. And and was it, and that fucking idiot Abrahantes in the, you know, as manager, did he have his fucking face painted? I mean, what the fuck, bro? He didn't even sure look like did. fucking. He didn't even look like fucking Penta. First of all, and second of all, he looked like such a dork, bro. He's always looking like a dork. He. T- I mean, just he looked like Darth Small. <laughs> He's such a fucking clown, bro. I can't stand him. I don't understand how any wrestling company would look at him and say, this guy is talented. Sure, he's. I guess he tries to be like a, a real hype man, right? I mean, that's what he's playing. I don't look at him as a manager. He just looks like an AEW hype man. He's just trying to hype, you know, the fans for fucking Dynamite. I mean, shit, you might as well have him as a hype man. Flavor. Hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, fuck. He's the fluffer, actually. He's the AEW fluffer, bro. That's what he does. But he is. He'll suck you off, get you hard, and then um, that's it. <laughs> but except he doesn't do that. That's the problem. But uh, but anyway, at the end of the day, Penta does win. But um, man, I'm sick of everybody, like certain people saying, I'll hear your... Del Vikingo is such a great fucking wrestler. Did you see him botch 
um that that rope spot where he done a 450 to the ropes he didn't even dude the guy's too short to even fucking land properly it feels like and i just think he's so overhyped so like just he's not as good as people think he is man yeah, no, I mean you're right, it's, and it, the the other thing too was uh, there was a couple of things that he botched tonight. There was that one, and then there was the other one there where uh, Penta went to do a crossbody, and he was meant to catch him, and he basically caught him, and then stumbled, and dropped him, and then picked him back up. And it's like, man, if you can't do the move, just like do something else. Also, Todd has a really good uh, his last comment there. Um, and again, I mean, uh, this is exactly why it bothers me that Penta does it. It's the same problem. It's the exact same thing that I've said about Orange Cassidy doing the weak little fucking piddly ass kicks, right? Why hasn't Penta's opponent nailed him in the face when he takes his glove off? If we're going to knock somebody when they don't go after Orange Cassidy for putting his hands in his pockets, we got to call this dude 100%, Todd, 100%. This is exactly my problem with Orange Cassidy. It's exactly why I don't like the the whole, like, take 45 seconds to take your glove off and slap somebody thing. It's like, I I get it. Like, okay, so Zane, for instance, um, in his last comment says, or his last two comments, that's the best part of pro wrestling, draw time and take no bumps. Um, Draw time and take no bumps. I get it. And if you can do that in an entertaining way and keep the crowd and everything, that's fine, right? The problem is you also have to balance that with convincing the audience that what they're seeing is an actual competition. That is the point of professional wrestling. I get that kayfabe is dead and we don't really, like nobody really thinks that anymore. That's fine. I don't think the fucking Avengers movies are true to life either. I Like that's not real life either, okay? But I suspend my disbelief for long enough because they don't just poke at me and laugh about what's happening in the in the movie, right? Sure. Uh, I, I actually get into what's happening in the, in the, in the movie because... I've allowed myself because they've been good enough to trick me for a moment into saying, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this as if it was real. Likewise with professional wrestling. Yes, I understand draw time and take no bumps is a good, like that's a good thing to learn how to do if you're a pro wrestler, but you need to draw time and take no bumps while also convincing me that you're actually having a competition. Jay White is a really good example of this currently. Um, and again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big enough man to say that when I was wrong, I was wrong about Jay White. Jay White is one of the best wrestlers on the, on the fucking planet. He does this, draw time and take no bumps, by poking somebody in the eyes and then ducking out of the ring and circling for, for 35 seconds and sort of laughing or whatever, right? And then running away and then laughing again and then getting stuck in the ropes and telling the referee to back the guy off, etc. That's That's draw time and take no bumps in the proper context taking 45 seconds to take off my glove while you stand there and wait for me that is not the proper context it doesn't it's not good it's not good at all i know man and you know you think these guys and and look man i've never been a worker so who am i to say this but i'm gonna say it anyway they've been wrestling for how many fucking years right you think they would learn this shit you know what I mean? And take it seriously because to me, that's taking a piss on it, man. If you can't be realistic about shit and just blow it off by saying, oh, but it's just pro wrestling, it's bullshit, it's fake. You know what I mean? Who cares if I take my time? You know what I mean? Or And whatnot. People don't give a shit 
No, people do give a shit, man. Hence why your ratings are fucking as bad as they are. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I mean, come on, man. It's not like they've got an excuse where they're on a network or networks that are hard to fucking find. Like when, you know, TNA was on Destination America and and uh, they're on Access right now, for example. You know, you know what I'm saying, bro? Yep. Like, there's no excuses, yet they fucking struggle. I mean, they, they can't even hit a million consistently anymore. That's not... They've lost viewers, legitly. They've lost viewers, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but, um, I've... I've like I've sort of jokingly said like half of the fucking audience who still watch AEW are people like you and me who have podcasts to do. Right? Yeah. I, I, like <laughs> I legit I don't like I I legitimately think that if like suddenly there was no such thing as podcasts and just all the world governments you know like completely outlawed podcasts and just all of and a the sudden internet. It was, yeah and <laughs> no just outlawed podcasts oh, just oh, podcasts yeah. right and everybody was just it, and everybody who watched. AEW was just watching it because they loved AEW. I, I honestly think that 90,000 people would be watching. I, like, I think the rest of it is podcasters. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm almost not even <laughs> kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Zane says they never hit a million. They, well, they used to, Zane, initially AEW, when they first. Yeah. 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 They used to consistently for about a year, maybe, around, you know, about that, give or take. And then it just continuously and rapidly declining man when it comes to their viewership but uh i mean dynamite still averages i guess between seven and eight hundred thousand you know collision averages right now between three and four and five is like a good night if they hit five hundred thousand and rampage is between two and four like on average between there you know around that sort of mark mm. but yeah man they're in danger but they just don't see it but I mean, you're on TNT and TBS, man. Right. And Rampage's... Was Rampage's debut a million? I want to say it was. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The, Actually, the yeah, CM absolutely. Punk, right? Yeah. No, that was the second week with Punk. Um, it, the, yeah, I know people... Even I thought for a minute that Rampage debut was with Punk. It actually wasn't. It was the week after. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I saw that recently too. It's bizarre. But um, the week after, right, with Punk debuting on Rampage is the second highest rated show in TNA history. Like right now, right. still is. So it's right. Dynamite, then Rampage. And um, yeah, look how they treat Rampage now. But anyway, um, yeah, Penta does win. I mean, pretty obviously he dominated this match in my opinion. But yeah, so that's that. But let's move on because we got a backstage segment next where Jeff Jarrett's crew is backstage for an interview. Jay Lethal says he is going to be the next Ring of Honor World Champion when he beats Fat Eddie Kingston. And Ortiz doesn't matter in that equation because if Ortiz shows up and they leave and says he'll deal with them next week. This was again, this was so stilted and weird. Like you've got the yeah. heel team and they're out there and they're like, Yeah, Ortiz doesn't matter. We're gonna beat him up and whatever, 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 right? Am I still you can hear me, right? Yeah, yeah, I can still hear you, yeah. Okay, that's weird. I would have told you if I couldn't. All of a sudden, I've got like a really bad fucking audio going on. But anyway, okay. Um, Not on my end. Okay, well, good then. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) um, So the the heels, they're like, oh, yeah, no, like, doesn't matter. And we're going to do whatever we're going to do. And Ortiz doesn't matter. And then they, they walk off. And 
within seconds, Ortiz is behind them, going, "Oh, hey, uh, I'm gonna beat, I'm gonna beat him up next week." And it's like, why didn't the heels just turn around and beat the shit out of him? Like, I don't know about you, Jimmy. I grew up in a place where like fighting was very normal, like. Northwestern Ontario, basically every single part of Northwestern Ontario is rough as shit, right? Like, it's just a rough place to grow up. And kids are bored. So kids wind up getting into fist fights a lot. I Like, before oh, I wow. even found boxing. Especially if you're in the sticks, bro. <laughs> right. Before I even found boxing, yeah. we used to have fucking fist fights all the goddamn time, right? Everybody was beating up everybody. I'll tell you this right now. Like, most of the people who I got in fist fights with, if I was talking shit by myself to six of them, I was getting jumped by six of them. There was no oh, no shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So on, man. I don't know. This just seemed really fucking stilted to me and really, really bad timing. Like put the Ortiz thing at a different part of the show. I agree, but it just shows how much they give a shit anyway. Uh, really deep down about that whole thing. Not at it all. It is what it yeah. is. Not at all. Exactly. Um, anyway, uh, next we get Bullet Club Gold cutting a promo in the ring. Oh, sorry, fuck, I, I, I jumped way too far ahead. I mean, next is Bullet Club Gold in the guns defeating Matt Sidaling and Christopher Daniels in a fucking squash match. There's nothing really to say about this match, Chris. I mean, I, I, except for the guns mocking MJF's kangaroo kick, which is kind of funny, and the fact that we saw Jay White, I think, make his debut on Rampage, possibly. I mean, that's something. Not that he did anything. And I got to say, Jimmy, when I was watching this, when I saw their entrance, it looked like a star entrance. Yeah. I was shocked, uh, dude. When I saw the entrance, I had to look twice. I'm like, hang on a minute. Is this a recap? Or like... Yeah. <laughs> like, Bullock I didn't Cup, expect it. When Bullet Cup Gold made their, made their entrance, those guys felt like a big deal i really like For the sure. way that they're doing that entrance by the way and i hope that they keep doing it just the way they're doing it because that thing where like they're all standing right and they're all standing and, and the one, camera two, three, four, right and the camera just does a full circle around them right and they all get a moment to kind of shine in it like in the, in their you know in the spotlight man that's cool i love it i love it that's that's really really good stuff Oh, awesome. Well, Javi says apparently he has been on Rampage. Really? I mean, did he have... I think I do did remember. I think he did have one match. Yeah, right. He did. I'm pretty Lito sure. Del Sol or some fucking nonsense or whatever. <laughs> I think I remember burying that yeah, match. Yeah, there was one match. There was one match where he was on. I do now remember. Um, but I can't remember who who it was. But, um, yeah. I mean, Todd says uh, Team TNA, total nonstop annoyances. ha <laughs> That should be fucking Team TNA. I'm talking about he's talking about Jared and shit. Uh, no man, that team is Double J Lethal. Shut up. Yeah, Josh says AEW and TK needs to push Bullet Club Gold to the moon. I agree, and I uh, think Jay White needs to be the world champion. Man, he needs to get that fucking belt off of MJF at the pay per view. I hope he does, man. I'll be bitterly disappointed if he doesn't. But um, look, man, um. The thing is, Josh, they, they are pushing him. I, I think they are doing a decent enough job. I just don't like how he hangs with AR Fox, for example, last Saturday on the collision. But um, no, look, so far, so good. They could do more in terms of his promo game, though, because I think we haven't seen the full extent of Jay White just yet, in my opinion. Not yet. We're getting there, though, it feels like. I just hope they don't fuck it up. 
Um, Retro Rocket Review says, I am watching Afghanistan <laughs> Taliban people dancing with machine guns. Yalla. Yalla. <laughs> Speaking of Taliban, I've got Taliban all around me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm joking? <laughs> I should take some fucking photos and send them to you, bro. Like, just on the low. Just to show you, like, walking around the streets around here, bro. You'd think you're in fucking... Uh, what's it called? Um, what's the capital of fucking... No, I was going to say uh, fucking, uh, what do you call it? Um, Baghdad, but um, I was thinking of Afghanistan. What's the capital of Afghanistan again? I've forgotten, man. I should know this. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know this shit, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going blank. Oh, it's going to bother me. Yeah, I know it's bothering me, but I don't want to Google it because of the fact that I should know this. You'll know it the second you see you'll be like, oh. 100%. Kabul. No, no. Ah, fucking Kabul. See what I mean? Fuck. God damn it. Oh, well. Anyway. It's like one of the <laughs> oldest trading cities in the world. I know. I, to I told you we should know this. And I knew, you know, and I've explained this a lot in the past, man. For some reason, when we're live, I can forget suddenly the most simplest of shit, bro. Like, I would forget Ric Flair, for example. Dude, five minutes into this into this show, I forgot the fucking name of the <laughs> yeah. wreckage. So, <laughs> oh, that chewed me out. We're well established. <laughs> I know, but it's weird, man, and I can't explain it unless you're doing this shit. It just happens, and I don't know why. And it's not like you got time to sit there and figuring it out, right? So you just—it's weird. Uh, Todd says, when speaking of Saudi Arabia, I finally get my world title shot in the HMG Pickham Challenge tomorrow. Congratulations. Congratulations, uh, Todd. Granted, it's a damn four-way, but I'll take it. Well, hopefully you win, Todd. And if you do, we'll celebrate you right here, man. Absolutely. Well, and even <laughs> if you don't, if you don't win, Todd, we'll make fun of you on the show. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, as I said, the Guns defeat Sidell and Christopher Daniels. There's not much more to really say about that match, yeah. other than it was cool just seeing him there. Um, but after the match, Bullet Club Gold cut a promo in the ring after the match. They say that Dynamite, Collision, and Rampage all belong to the Bullet Club Gold, and the Guns will win the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles from MJF at full gear. Guns up, Chris. Bang, bang. <laughs> um, does he... <laughs> Look, come full gear, is it going to be one of those nights where, and I'm hoping, where MJF just totally loses his shit, and I mean, he loses the Ring of Honor Championships, he loses the world title, and now it's his run f to redemption. Like, did, did, why am I even saying this, bro? Because it feels like we, he could just lose everything, right? And then he's on this road to, like, fuck everyone and, you know, I'm in with JF type of deal. But what am I saying, bro? That's not going to happen like that, right? It just won't. That, in this company. That, that seems way too intelligent, Jimmy. So dumb right. it down. Whatever your idea is, if it's, <laughs> if it's really good, dumb it down. And then, then you'll understand what your expectations are going to be for, for AEW. So, yeah, he'll Speaking probably dumb it defend, down. He'll probably defend the, the, the tag titles by himself. And then he'll successfully defend the world title by himself. And then after that, whoever the devil is will show up and it'll be a thing. If point. it's Adam Cole, I swear to you, bro, I'll kick the TV. I'm telling you, man. But um, Todd says, well, you were going to do that anyway, Chris, but fair enough. Look at this guy. 
we're going to celebrate him anyway, right? Like, regardless. Celebrate him or make fun of him. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do it. Yeah. Fuck you, Todd. <laughs> uh, anyway, Liz says apparently he's hooked up with Tits McGee from the scrum. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anyway, let's move on from that because, again, we get a backstage segment where we see RJ City and he says it's time for the return of Danhausen, whatever the fuck. Danhausen interrupts him and says that's wrong because he's actually returning apparently next week. And then Danhausen then leaves the camera shot and RJ says Danhausen will return next week. I couldn't give a fuck, Chris. Do you? No. Danhausen. Fuck him. Who cares? Anyway, very nice. this the ho- very, evil. <laughs> yeah. very nice, very evil. Well, anyway, um, next we get another backstage segment, Chris. Another one where we see Ruby Soho and Soraya interviewed this time. Ruby says the outcasts are in a downward spiral and she wishes Soraya was in her corner last week in her world title match. Soraya then tells Soho to shut up and Soraya says she's the biggest star in the outcasts and Ruby's being ungrateful. Um, yeah, and then we see Angelo Parker trying to get on Ruby's good side again, but she rejects him again, and then Daddy Magic then confronts Angelo Parker, talking down to him about their loss to Jericho and Omega on Dynamite. The commentators then observe how Soraya and Daddy Magic are being very disrespectful, uh, disrespectful, sorry, to to their respective friend slash partner. This is so dumb. Again. Crack corn and... Yep, and I don't care. Simple. I don't care either. I, I really don't care. Let's move on. Yeah. Fuck this shit. I'm still confused why they hate Jericho as well. But anyway, well, next we get Dark Sky <laughs> in Sky Blue defeating, you don't know me, in Marina Shafir. And I just want to say, man, you know what stood out in this match? I don't believe realistically that Sky Blue, or sorry, Dark Sky. Has it any has any chance really in beating Marina Shafir in a shoot fight? Say right. Yeah, none, none whatsoever. So then, how am I supposed to believe that she beat beat her fair and square in this match? And that's what I don't like about Marina Shafir wrestling because one, she's bad at it, right? She's just bad. She just doesn't get it. Like, and two, if she was good, she should be a fucking killer. Yeah, yeah. I mean. If you're going to use a person with a legitimate background, then you have to book them as if somebody with a legitimate background, right? Ken Shamrock was booked the way that he was because booking him in another way wouldn't have worked, right? You had right, to book exactly. him as a killer because Ken is legitimately, in fact, a fucking killer, right? Um, yeah. I, and Shafir is so fucking terrible at wrestling oh, anyway. God. Like, there's just terrible. There is bro. No reason whatsoever to keep this woman around. None. Well, Adam! That's the reason, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the only reason. Uh, Retro says, you believe Sky Blue the same way Orange Cassidy or Darby Allen can beat giant men? Well, no. Same shit. Same problem. Except Darby, for me, is a little more believable only because he understands who he is. And, and that's why he uses his body the way he does, because he understands that realistically, if he was going to take on bigger dudes, 
he needs to really fling himself at at people, and that's what he does, man. So yeah. I don't think Darby's as bad is as he joke. looks. Yeah, that that's the difference exactly. Uh, Liz says maybe Marina's the reason Roddy is still in a ne- in a neck brace. Maybe, I mean, could she kick his ass? She's bigger than fucking Roddy, bro. Uh, I don't know what I'm not sure what like what the weight there is. Roddy's like 180 pounds though, like max. He, but he's like 180 pounds. That's a big dude, to be honest with you. Like in a real person, like in a real. We're bigger fight. dudes in him, bro. Uh, no, we are. But I mean, it's still, like, <laughs> listen, okay, I boxed, right? So when I hear 180 pounds, I'm like, that's a cruiser. We're not weight. talking about boxing, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, cruiserweight is almost heavyweight though in boxing. Yeah, it's terms, the next. You know what I mean, it's, it's literally right, the next yeah. one underneath heavyweight. So um different like context 180 here, you know what pounds I mean? you don't even you can't even weigh in at light heavyweight it's a it's a cruiserweight so um against marina shafir who i think when <laughs> she was competitive was at 130 so yeah i'm like my guess is that marina much. shafir would beat the living fuck out of roddy strong <laughs> but only because i don't think roderick strong has ever actually trained mma i mean yeah true unless she teaches him if she could she'd be a bad teacher but i think Maybe she's not. Maybe she's a fucking excellent teacher. Maybe she. Maybe do a, I know. Maybe she does a lot she of is. things really well. She's just not a good wrestler. That's what I know for sure. Yeah, no, she, she can't just doesn't. Uh, she can't cut a not. promo. Promo, please. She just, yeah, she doesn't. I don't know, man. It just wrestling's not for her. Even though all she has to do is just be her. Even like the MMA version of her, just stop being so scared. It feels like to actually do something. I feel like she's afraid to like try things just in case you hurt someone you know what i mean possibly but um i don't know maybe i'm wrong anyway sky blue does defeat marina shafir big deal but i just don't get you know i don't believe it really and she wins via code blue to score the pinfall win after that we see a hype video for collision chris and funny enough it's darby allen versus lance archer on saturday's collision and you know who's winning that match i mean shit and I feel bad for Lance already, bro. Fuck, man. Ugh. Oh well. Whatever. Yep. yep. This, this is the company. This is the, this is the company. This is what they do. Well, Mark Henry says it's time for the main event, which is your spot, really, Chris. So uh, you it's need to time. Say it, <laughs> the main event. But before we did get to the main event, we see Paul White, who has been on commentary for this episode. Says he has five friends in this business, and Chris Jericho is actually one of them. He's looking forward to knocking out Powerhouse Hobbs in a couple of weeks. That's not happening, or maybe it actually it might happen. Q Big Ma- Show turning on Chris Jericho. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> what else? I- well, what else are you going to do with Paul White? You have him turn, right? That's that's what you do with Paul White. He just he turns all well, the time. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past his company. I don't even know why he's even stepping back into the ring. How shit did he look Wednesday night, bro? Oh, my God, dude. He just standing there. It looked like his legs are all fucked up. It looked like, <laughs> like legit, though. Did you see that? No, I know. Video? No, I did. did you watch did, the video? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back this up a little bit. Right? So you can sort of <laughs> see me it? standing up, right? But, like, this <laughs> yeah. is how a normal person stands, right? Like, they're right. underneath their hips. He was literally right, right. like standing like like this almost. Like he was yeah. almost like half like leaned over to the side 
And it looked like he True. physically had to be standing like that. It looked like he could not stand up straight. It's like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, he should just not bother. But, yeah. I mean, these older guys, man, they just, they they want to have that feeling. I mean, Jericho really, and I guess Sting to a lesser extent, are the only ones that can still go in, you know, for their ages. I mean, Sting to an extent. But still, he can still do a lot of shit. But, you know, Big Show just looks fucked up. Um, Retro says in the chat, how can they top the last Fast and the Furious movie? In the last one, they launched a car into outer space. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why the last one was a failure, Retro. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's, He's a character, man. He comes up with the most random shit out of nowhere. But anyway, uh, but it's true. Um... So, yeah, that leads us to the main event in Daniel Garcia defeating Trent Beretta. And I'll say this. It was a decent match for what it was. It was, I mean, a lot of back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly they see a lot in Garcia because, you know, he for him, it's a big win, I think, over Trent Beretta, if you want to sort of call it that. But I'm saying yeah. for Garcia, I mean, right? Yeah. It's not no, I mean, listen, big... it was, that's fine, right? But even so... Even Garcia made no fucking sense in this situation because he goes, because he goes, yeah, that's the first time I've even had a a singles match and an AEW television in four months, and now that I've got a win, really? I want to go after a championship. I and I want, I want yeah. the big one. I want, I want the world championship and MJF. And I'm like, oh look, another guy wants to fuck. Is Maxwell. that number ten? Is that number ten now, Chris? I think it legitimately count? is number ten in the count, and it's like. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. I know. It's like you got to be like, you know, like when your mother would hit you on, on the uh, on the hand for saying something stupid in front of her or some shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. you just say you're out in public and your mom would be like, stop it, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do to TK. It's just slap his hand. It's like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stop doing what you're doing, bro. Again, I don't know why. And look, I get it. He's the champion, right? He doesn't hold the belt. I'm just saying. No one's doing anything about it either, but whatever. Um, and I get it. Everyone's after him. But you can't have 10 contenders. That's why I feel like, do you remember what I said about that wrestle war bullshit, whatever they're doing, like mm-hmm. that war-related mm-hmm. pay-per-view? Have you noticed there's too many guys suddenly, right? Could it be leading into that fucking, you know, World War Three esque three-ring, 60-men vying for mjf the winner gets you know the title just shot no it's not a winner gets a title shot so it'll be there'll <laughs> be there'll be three rings but there's only right. there's only people in two of them right and then and then what happens is they all fight for like 30 minutes and then after that they they open it up to the third ring and then mjf is there uh-huh. and he has to fight all of them but after <laughs> they've already wrestled for 30 minutes uh, they all get come to pile on mjf because Everybody wants to fuck MJF. I mean, wrestle MJF. <laughs> oh, can you imagine, man? He's like, you know, he's... Yeah, it's MJF on a pole match, ladies and gents. That's what we're getting. And the winner fucks him for sure. Yeah. See, um, okay. Liz needs to be the big brother at AEW. Go ahead and highlight her last uh, comment there. This is what who? TK needs. Liz. As Liz? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I used to do with my dog, spray him with a bot- water... <laughs> bottle of water and go no 
That's... No. We yeah, just need Liz exactly. backstage at AEW. Every time TK is about to do something stupid, just no. <laughs> the spray no. bottle. Bad. Uh... Bad billionaire. <laughs> Bad billionaire. Oh, no. Although oh. now that I'm hearing myself say it, I'm pretty sure he would just get off on it. And I don't want to put you in that <laughs> position, Liz. Don't. I'm like, Chris. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Stop it, Chris. You make me laugh. <laughs> so, uh, it's like, smell my fingers, Chris. <laughs> uh, Zane Vichy says, the more the merrier. Come on now. And Richard says, <laughs> Jimmy T, I did take your advice to stop boozing last week. I'll take a break from it for a while, but I am still crazy, I guess. You're a character, man. I, I was saying that as a joke. You can do whatever you want, my man. But um, I mean, yeah, maybe stay off the liquor, though, for sure. Uh, Josh says, don't give AEW any ideas. <laughs> and Liz says, sit. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zane also says, sounds tedious. Oh, he may need a whip. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I think you'd get off on that, though. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about a whip now. Because he'd be like, Ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? He'd be... Then again, who knows? Oh, who knows? Oh, yes, Zane, I saw your tweet, by the way, actually during the show. I told you, 86 Flair, thanks for the mention. But I agreed with you, if you remember, dude. I said the same thing. I had it in my notes last week. I said, you remind me of Flair. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree for sure, man. It's definitely doing the Flair thing. And you are saying, I think, on Twitter that... uh. You think he's going to be in MJF's corner, maybe? I like that, if that's the case. I mean, if Flair's there to be in MJF's corner, just say hypothetically, do you think that's a good move? But he doesn't need a mouthpiece, though. That's the Why? only thing, Zane. Yeah, what's exactly. the fucking point? That's what's, the he only gonna, thing. what's Ric Flair going to do now that MJF doesn't do better than him? I mean, unless they do the pinnacle again and Flair's the, you know, like sort of like evolution, Stop except it. Flair not wrestling. Stop that. No, you need a fucking water bottle spray right now. No, stop. No, Zane needs it because he says as an advisor. I don't need Ric Flair to be there at all. I don't understand what the fuck. Woo! Oh, uh, yeah, I know. It doesn't... Yeah, well, I mean, what maybe else it's can just me. Do? Maybe it's just me. I've never been a fan no, of Ric no. Flair. I don't understand what the fucking point of him being there is. Now, I'll right admit now. this. Not right I'll now. admit this. I have been a fan of Flair, but I've never been the biggest fan of Flair. And I used to think when I was young, especially, mm. that he was overrated in a way. When I first discovered Flair, like I used to hear like about him, like in the dirt sheets, like or not the dirt sheets, but um, remember the old Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when I buy that before, I ever saw him on TV, per se, right? But when I did, I never understood the hype, I, you know, at first. I was like, what the fuck? What's so good about this guy? He looks fucking, you know, bland. So I can understand what you're saying. But then I got him. By the <laughs> I time I started watching him. Ric Flair, by the time I started watching Ric Flair was uh, uh, mid-90s, early 90s, I guess. Early 90s is the first time I started watching Ric Flair. And I can say with confidence that from the time I started watching him until the time he retired for his 49th time, I saw two Ric Flair matches. One is the Ric Flair match where he wins, and one is the Ric Flair match where he loses. That's it. 
Yeah, and he does the same shtick. His matches were always the same. When you really think about it, and he, and he would go through the motions. You know, the, the drop to the fucking canvas, the fucking, you know you know what I'm saying? Or the, the flip over the top rope. You know uh-huh. when he flips himself over the top, like yep. it was the same thing. Like, and he'd go to the match. top. He'd go to the top rope to do a move with a knee, the knee, the knee, and fucking never move. land it ever. Like right. he never, ever, every single time he went to the top rope, he got cut off. I mean, every single time. At a certain point, or he gets thrown it. off <laughs> every time. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying true. it. It I, was literally the same shtick every match. Honestly, man, I like. Props to the guy for being as hard a worker as he was and for being as good verbally as he was. Because Ric Flair really, and especially earlier in his career, like Zane's saying 86, like I started watching, you know, early 90s. By that time, Ric Flair wasn't what he was anymore. But in his time, he could talk people into the building like nobody's business. He was an excellent promo. Um but it's been 30 something years since he's since he's had a different match and uh i just i don't know i for me rick flair is forever the most overrated person in professional wrestling history oof you heard it here first folks i mean but i totally get where you're coming from though i legitimately cause... think that john cena is a better professional wrestler than rick flair you can't throw a better worked punch than Flair, though. Come on, man. Cena's got the I worst worked punch. Yeah, there's there's certain things he does that are just terrible. And speaking of punches, before we we end the show, um, I just want to point out: Did you hear about uh, Brett the Gift Man Hart? I heard, I saw something, but I didn't actually click <laughs> on it. What is he doing? Um, basically, he's working for Amazon and an Australian company. Funny enough, that's how I read it through the local. <laughs> like sites here funny enough that's how i saw it um and uh yeah it's for amazon for the some sort of christmas bullshit he done a commercial with someone else but it's for the canadian canadian shoppers too i didn't watch it i just read about it and yeah basically he's the guy for amazon prime <laughs> he's brett the gift man heart now sweet i love he's brett. santa claus basically he's santa claus and good on him for still being kind of relevant People still give him a chance, and he's still looked at as a messiah, clearly, in Canada. He's still he's still our boy up in Canada. We still, <laughs> love, you, we still, we still love us some <laughs> Red Heart, man. I love Brett. You know that. But fuck. The way you, you Canadians are about him, which I totally get it, man. Like, I mean, I truly said, and I think I've said this before to you. I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, but I'll say it now. He's truly got to be in the top 10 like most loved canadians in all of fucking like sports and entertainment basically and i'm talking about including hockey uh movies and whatever you know what i mean bro it's like wayne gretzky bret hart yeah for real like that's that's the impression i get and that's how i see it i truly think that man it's wayne gretzky and then fucking bret hart bro yeah, and I, the, the reason for it is because Brett represented all of us, right? Like, right. Th- there are definitely guys like in Toronto who are more popular in Toronto, right? Like Doug Gilmore is probably more popular than Bret Hart in Toronto. Yeah, Brett's not so much a Toronto. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I can feel that right? too. In in Montreal, there's probably six different Montreal Canadiens captains who are more popular than Bret Hart, right? Um, even in Calgary, I would say that Jerome Ginla is probably like at least as popular as Bret Hart. The <laughs> difference is that 
nobody in Toronto gives a shit about Jerome McGinley, and nobody in Calgary gives a shit about Doug Gilmore, but everybody in all of Canada cares a lot about Bret Hart. About Bret Hart. Bret Hart is every like every single every single like sports fan in Canada. Bret Hart is in their top ten. We'll put it that way, and nobody else is in everybody's top 10 like that, except, like I said, Wayne Gretzky is probably one, and then Brett's probably number two. Yeah, I truly agree with that, man. I, I truly believe. Uh, Zane says, uh, I couldn't believe Brett did that. Why? Brett's the best. What? I love Brett. He's so cool. <laughs> when a Canadian says it all the time, but I'll say it's funny to me. Because I can picture everyone just rolling their eyes. You know what I mean? Like, oh. uh, I, know, I know they do. I know they do. I don't care. Get fucked. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't. Now you think I do because I said it, but like, I love Brett, man. I truly do. Like, I'm, I mean, he was truly one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Like, in the 90s. Retro retro agrees with me. Retro agrees with me. Well, he's Canadian. He's a Canadian spaceman. Yep. Yeah. Brett probably is in everyone's top 10 here for sure. Is he in the top five though, do you think, Chris? Honestly. I think that depends on how much you follow pro wrestling. I think if you've ever right. been a fan of pro wrestling and somebody said like, who are the best sports, you know, and you knew that wrestling was part of it. If you've ever been into professional wrestling, I think that Brett's probably in your top three. Oh fuck. Um, if you're into pro wrestling, he's definitely in your top three or top no, but I mean even. ever like ever, ever like, yeah. even like when I was in lapsed, all... Jimmy, like I, 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 there's probably like a 15 year period there where I didn't watch wrestling at all. I couldn't, I couldn't, fucking i couldn't care less i was into i was really into boxing i used to write articles and everything even like when i was boxing i used to write for eastsideboxing.com i used to write articles um loved boxing honestly thought that that was going to be like my passion project for the rest of my life um it's not anymore but even (laughs) then like even at that point where i was like completely separated from pro wrestling if you would have asked me who are the greatest you know professional athletes and you know in uh Canada, in Canadian, Canadian history, right? And you would have, I and mean, you would have made it clear that professional wrestling was was part of it. I probably would have said Wayne, Brett, Lennox Lewis, like that, like literally, <laughs> like Lewis, even yeah. even as a boxing fan, that would have been my top three. So, yeah. But in the Canadians, uh, in Canadians' eyes, unless you were a boxing fan, like you said, I, I don't think Lennox Lewis would be anywhere in the top five, surely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only because he represented the UK, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. But uh, I don't know why he did that. I mean, it's odd that he kind of did. And he kind of said, now he sounds like a friggin' Brit, bro. He he was he was born, I want to say he was actually born in Jamaica. Um, oh, yeah, he was. I think he was, dude. Or Trinidad and Tobago, one of those countries, bro, in the in the West Indies. Right. Now, I think you're right. He was definitely born... In the in the Caribbean, in the Caribbean, 100%. but he was raised in Canada, and I think his mom's right. British. Is, is oh, basically okay. how that all worked? So I'm, oh, I'm pretty right. sure I'm getting that. all that right. It might have been that his mom me was from Jamaica, and he was born what? in Britain I'll but raised out. in Canada. I can't remember everything about it, but I know that he was basically he started boxing in Canada. So most boxing yeah, I remember that he, he represented Canada. Yeah, he represented them in the Olympics. So, represented us. Oh, Olympics, dude. I should say. Did you know he was born in the UK, bro? Okay, so that's probably what West it was. Ham, his London. Mom, right, so his mom was probably from Jamaica. He was born in, the... in London, and he was raised in Canada. Uh, okay, get this. He was born 2nd September 65 in West Ham, London, to Jamaican mm. parents. 
Jamaican parents. That's what I thought. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he represented Canada, but then I guess represented where he was born for whatever reason. I want to know what led him to back to the UK, though. Like, what was the reason? But anyway, we're not here to talk boxing, and I'm not going to sit here trying to find it. But um, yeah, interesting. Uh, but before we do go, uh, Richard says, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, and Dean Malenko might have been as good or better than Brett, but Brett had the personality. Mr. Perfect, sure. Uh, even Brett would, would, would tell you that. Dean Malenko, yeah. yeah, okay, he's a man of a thousand holds, but was he really that much of a technician? Honestly, think about it. No. So uh, here's the difference, right? I think that... I think that perfect you could have a conversation about. Absolutely. Dean was really, really excellent at doing the moves. Um, right. And doing exactly. them in a logical manner. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking shit about Dean Malenko. I'm not. I'm a technical Great wrestling guy. Wrestler. Right. I yeah. love Dean Malenko. But he didn't tell stories as well as Brett did, even in the even ring. Even in the ring. Exactly. Spot right. on. Mr. Perfect, you could say. I, I think Perfect actually had a better personality than Brett, but I don't think that he was as good at telling a story in the ring as Brett 100%. was. 100%. I, I legitimately think that that's what Brett Hart was the best ever at, is telling a story in the ring. I, I don't, Not I just don't know that, that there was anyone better than him ever. I think Brett is, is very... I know he's going to sound weird, but he's truly... How do I put this? Underrated in terms of his promo game you know people used to say he can't talk for shit and and this and that I, and he would tell you the same thing he was a bad promo initially at the start hence why he used to wear the glasses and always let jim the anvil naughty hard take his promos right mm -hmm. but but at one stage especially in the 90s the, the 90s brett mm -hmm. i felt was a fucking great promo guy even if he didn't believe it like even if he didn't think he was for some reason, he was one of the realest wrestlers in history of wrestling. And that's why you could get behind him because he took that shit serious, bro. Like, you, you know what I mean? Get, you don't get the love that he got in the rest of the world and the hate that he got in the United <laughs> States without being able to take the crowd on a ride. And Right, absolutely. So, yeah, people say, people talk all kinds of shit. I actually think that Brett's best work on the mic by far was his heel work because he did something oh, that shot. i legitimately don't think anyone else has really been able to capture ever again um and that's that brett really wasn't a heel you <laughs> nah. were a heel exactly what he was saying wasn't bullshit <laughs> right what he was saying was actually true like with all the situation with what he was going through and, and just his issues, you know, in a company and all that. That was all real, man. It wasn't like, you know, that's what I mean. It's like everyone else was the heel. That's right. Not he him. made the, the American. crowd <laughs> right. heel. He made them a real part of the show, right? Like it wasn't just react however you want to react or whatever, right? And we'll, and we'll play along with it. It was like, no, how dare you react the way that you do, you pieces of shit for reacting the way that you do, which made people fucking hate him. Brett, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gushing. Brett was fucking brilliant. Yeah. 
Um, Brett is the greatest professional wrestler of all time. <laughs> you are gushing. Look at your face, bro. I don't bro. care. <laughs> I don't care. Brett is the greatest, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Look at his face, folks. I mean, he's truly gushing. Oh, my he God. Did, he did shit as a professional wrestler that you just don't <laughs> fucking see no more, man. With I a tear in my eye. <laughs> I, saw somebody fucking, I saw somebody say something in a, in a website on a Facebook group or whatever that was like, oh, Brett never did anything unless uh, anything interesting unless the belt was involved. And I'm like, what? Brett Austin's one of the greatest professional wrestling matches ever, and it wasn't for the belt. Fuck your ass. And you know it's funny? But, Austin never beat Brett ever, not once. I know, man. I know. Honestly, that's a fact. Fun when fact I, for like, Friday. W- when I do, when I do, uh, uh, like when I played the 2K games, that's one thing that I always go back to. I'll have like a like a classics uh, show that I do, and I right. always try to move forward from that right where you have you know the match or whatever and you have that feud so that austin can finally get his win over brett even i (laughs) as a fan of brett i'm like this is how but but brett would have wanted that story yeah for sure if you stayed around would have wanted that story i guarantee you man if brett would have fucking stuck around for long enough he would have loved to have been the person to put over austin and and to get austin to that next level if you read the book, his book, he does say it. I mean, that was the intention was eventually to put him over. All those wins that Brett got mm-hmm. was eventually supposed to put Austin over. Even though it still did get him over, even though he didn't win, right? He still fucking made him. That's why Austin is forever sort of indebted to Brett. I mean, he says it till this day. He might have not liked Owen. That's in a whole different story, right? Mm-hmm. But with Brett, he... Brett... Uh, I know we sound like fucking Bret Hart marks, but he truly made Stone Cold a made man, bro. I mean, he's the reason why Austin got elevated to that next level. To this day, there is never, and I'll say this till the day we die, bro. There's never going to be another, no one is able in today's wrestling, right? I just can't see it. He's able to pull off what Austin and Bret did. Never and no less any better than Brett and Austin did because that was truly like like art, bro. Like to pull that off was something else. You could say Hogan and and The Rock, but that was pulled off unintentionally. That was no. the fans. Oh, Hogan that. and The Rock was was well. Again, we'll give Canada the credit for that. That was actually the <laughs> was audience in, Canada, in Toronto. Toronto. It was right, actually yeah. the audience that that made that iconic. It wasn't it wasn't Hogan and Rock. If Hogan no. and Rock would have done that same. Uh, that same match in Philadelphia, we all would have remembered it as a pretty good part of WrestleMania. And I'm not talking shit about Philadelphia. I love the Philly crowd too. But I'm saying Toronto made that moment. You know what's more amazing, dude? There's a perception that Canada hates Hogan, right? And I know Brett almost wishes Canada hated Hogan. But Canada fucking loves Hogan, man. Speaking of that, and we'll go after this, what I just want to say, because you brought up a good point. We love Rocky, remember- too, by the way. We love Rocky because he played for the CFL for a while. Too. He did, but not as much as you guys love Hogan, man. I'm telling you, bro. Because the next night on Raw, mm-hmm. right after that Toronto mania, they were in Montreal. And I, I still watch this segment because this is one of the loudest pops I have ever heard in my life, bro. So the next night on Raw in Montreal, mm-hmm. the place... When I say I swear to you, bro, man, I'm telling you, it's got to be... It's got to be top three, top four biggest pops I've ever heard in my life. And he's not even a Canadian, dude. 
but everyone was off their seats, bro. Channing Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. Yeah. It was bananas, man. And he was even like shocked. He was yep. he, like, he was like, wow. Like, if you, you, you guys got to check out that segment again, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's on YouTube. It is amazing to, to see, man. And uh, it truly, I think, surprises Hogan in some ways. And I think it would surprise even Brett to a less extent because he hates his guts and he thinks, you know, but no shit. I've never heard Brett even get a pop like that. That was something else, bro. Mm, yeah. No, I mean, hey, man, wrestling is big in, in, in a lot of places in Canada and Montreal is one of them. Um, oh, absolutely. Retro. Yes, it was Brett who made Austin pass out. That was WrestleMania 13. Absolutely. Uh, We've spoken about that so many times on, on our shows, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Survivor Series? Mission. No. It was a submi- submission match. It was WrestleMania 13. Ken Shamrock was the special guest referee. But the Survivor Series 96 match that you thought it was on, uh, Retro, which it was Austin versus Brett again. We that was a fucking so- good match, too. That was fucking good. It just gets overshadowed because of the WrestleMania match a year later. But that 96 Survivor Series, I love that match. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's... And they had a great match also at one of the In Your Houses, too. By the way, that match, that and that moment, like that moment made Stone Cold Steve Austin, the passing out in his own blood and not tapping oh, absolutely. out. Right. Um, that was Bret Hart's idea. Yeah, it was. It's true. Vince told him not to. No blood. We're not doing any blood. We're not, we're not, there's no blood. And even when they went into it, Austin even said to Bret, Bret, I need you to blade me because I've never, yeah. I, I, I've never done it before, right? Austin hadn't done it before. He was down for it, but he was like, I don't know how to, and you, you, if you can fucking watch that match back and find me where Brett blades him, I'll give you a dollar. Cause there's dollar. no fucking way you find <laughs> out where Bret Hart blades that motherfucker. He is so fucking excellent at everything he ever does. I, 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 don't, I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Rampage. We're done. We're done talking about Rampage. Now we're just going to do another hour now on Bret Hart. No, I'm just kidding. I know. But fuck man. What's Bret funny. Oh, Really, we ended the show at an hour, and I thought we'll dump it. Brett fucking got us really yapping, but uh, Josh says April '97 in your house, Revenge of Taker, Austin versus Hart bought the pay per view. Thank you, Josh. There you go. I remember it was in your house. I remember watching it. I just forgot which one it was, but that match stood out during that time. But anyway, um, you know what? Let's take it home because uh, we got to do something else, Chris. <laughs> and technically, we're supposed to start. We're supposed to be starting in a minute. I mean, you still down for it? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, look, we could, how about we delay it for a day? I mean, yeah, the let's people do it got, tomorrow. it is late at the end of the day, so I'll, I'll reschedule that. But yeah, check out the skirmish tomorrow. 100% will be there. Um, but thank you, everyone in the chat, for still like, staying with us, man. Yeah. I mean, highly appreciated, man. I mean, join us tomorrow can... for the skirmish where we will talk for an hour and a half about Bret Hart <laughs> and five minutes about. No, I'm just kidding. We'll actually review. No, well, <laughs> well, funny enough, um, that was a bad show just as a preview, like really bad, like yeah. bad. But you're going to have to wait till then Shit. to find out <laughs> how real bad it was. So, in saying that, Chris, tell them where they can find you, bro. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1. Um, over there, you can see all everything that I have to say about pro wrestling politics and whatever the hell else I feel like talking about. Uh, whatever the hell else I feel comfortable talking about. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Forget the politics anymore. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, no more fuss in it. It's done. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> Joke. But uh, but you can find me right here uh, on uh, HMG and ChannelAttitude.com. We do multiple shows. I do this one. I do The Wreckage, which is Sundays, <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, you can find you can go there and listen to me, Jimmy T, and the vet. Uh, you can also find me over on the PWC Network, where, like Jimmy said, tomorrow uh, we'll get a we'll get a late edition of uh, the skirmish going, and uh, yeah, we'll review Dynamite from the PWC's perspective. Also, you can yeah. find me in uh, Northwestern Ontario. I live on Lake of the Woods, and um, yeah, if you come up here, just. Uh, Make sure you've got your uh, your your parkas and stuff because it's like there's snow and it's already winter. So, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I can't believe it was snowing, man, last week. Or well, when we we're doing, I think collision, uh, the wreckage. Sorry, excuse me. We already um, legitimately have about nine inches of snow. It's fucking dude. That's bonkers. bizarre. Wasn't it just warm not too long ago, bro? Yep. And apparently we're gonna have like plus five, plus six for the next week or so. Which means Shit. that it's probably going to melt. It's probably going to all melt, and then we're going to get snow again in December. It's fucking stupid. That's weird, dude. That is so weird. That reminds me of Melbourne weather, but not the snow, obviously. Like I said, I just want one time where I've touched snow. Maybe I should go to the mountains, man. Eventually, one day. Well, anyway, if you want to follow me on the Twitter or the X, whatever you want to call it, you can at DJ Mass Effects, and you can follow us at the PWC Network. Um, please like and subscribe right here at channelattitude.com with five bucks. Not only do you get the realest talking pro wrestling, but also the best. And I just want to say, uh, the smack attack is not going to be on, on its usual time slot. We're going live actually right after crown jewel, where we'll be reviewing crown jewel right after, uh, crown jewel ends with myself and John Enright. I don't know if you're joining us, Chris at all, but, uh, no, you It'd guys have fun. I don't. I don't watch <laughs> the. I don't watch the Saudi shows no more. Um, I don't blame not, you. Not since they murdered that uh, Jamal Sh- Khashoggi. Yeah, I don't. Huh. I don't watch them. Yeah, fucking up. Yeah, that's biz- that's another bizarre thing. Fucking Saudis. But anyway, it it's is blood cool. money. Fucking twenty at this point. Yeah, I know it's not cool. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, we'll be there right after that. So don't expect us at the usual ten a.m., eleven Eastern Central time what i said 10 central 11 eastern so yeah i think one o'clock it starts in the u.s central time so 2 p.m eastern we should be on right after it finishes i just don't know how long it goes for so it could be four hours could be five who the fuck knows anyway also like and subscribe at hamimediagroup.podbean.com for our affiliate shows and the pwcnetwork.podbean.com for all our other shows and that's a wrap so, in saying that, I am Jimmy T, that is Chris Ams, and you've been listening and watching the HMG Rampage Uncade Show right here on ChannelAttitude.com, and we're out. Peace. Olay.